0: The following program has been prerecorded.
1: Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Magazine, broadcasting from the Oilfield Expert Studios. Oilfield Experts, where you get the right products right now. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bilotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.
2: And welcome to And the Wall Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Pellato, and today it's a great day because it's our live show in which we're featuring Jason Modulin, who is the president of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers and a regular co-host on our live show every single month when we go live. I also want to encourage you to call in your oil, gas, or energy questions to Jason and myself. Uh, the phone number and the phone lines are now open. It's 210-308-8867. Again, It's 210-308-8867. Or you can send us a question via our Facebook uh, on In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and I'll be happy to read that question to Jason as well. And now I'd like to bring on my co-host for today's show, Jason. Jason, uh, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show.
3: Kim, it's great to be with you today. Thanks for having me. And I'm sorry we're missing uh, David today, David uh, Blackman. But uh, I great to have you.
2: My co-host is missing because he is going to celebrate his 65th birthday. And so he's in travel. So we wish him That's a, fantastic. a happy, happy birthday. Yeah, you know, he has been with us practically since the very beginning with Shell Magazine began about nine years ago. I think he joined us one year after we we were born, so he's been with us for about eight years and he's definitely grown in his position with us. And of course, he's just one of these well-respected experts, if you will, because he's just had so much to do in the energy industry, very much like yourself as well, just different areas that you guys have covered uh, in pertaining to oil and gas. And and I'm excited to have our live show today because I know we already have callers online, but... Um, I also want to, we're going to go off topic a little bit here. There's a lot of things happening in oil and gas. We have Ida hitting the Louisiana coastline. Uh, We just finished up our state of energy in Corpus Christi, in which we had protesters. And I want to have a little bit of time to talk about the protesting situation and, and how that kind of uh sh- we should be looking at that thing and get your opinion because you guys are getting ready to have uh an actual uh expo as well in fort worth so um i think it's maybe time we start trying to talk about how do these things uh work but first um let me bring on uh tom tamarkin Uh, He is a regular writer. He's in California, uh, an expert in energy as well, um, and has a a website called Energy Sight. Uh, Tom, I don't want to leave you on hold too long because I know that, you know, you, you probably have things to do. So, Tom, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. What's your question or comment for Jason and myself?
4: Okay, Kim, thank you for taking my call so quickly. Um, I don't really have a question per se because I really haven't heard enough of your show. Uh, although uh, the issue of protesters certainly piques my curiosity, I suspect it relates to climate change. Does. And given, yes, so let's talk about climate change for a minute. Um, about, what, three months ago, three and a half months ago, you had me. Uh, do a two-part series on in the oil patch, and I concentrated on a little-known chemical called carbon dioxide. And the reason that we concentrated on carbon dioxide is that the climate alarmists, um, if you will, maintain claim without proof that carbon dioxide actually creates measurable uh, warming on the planet. It doesn't. And in that uh, two-part series, we explained why. Now, that involved, unfortunately, uh, a lot of science, a lot of chemistry, a lot of physics, and therefore we probably lost a lot of people, at least the first time around. So you asked me to write a follow-up article, which I did, That article is still on your uh, website, shalemag.com, at the very bottom, under popular posts. And I guess it is popular because I looked at it today and it had over 400, about 470 likes, which is pretty good. And the title of the article is The Physics and Chemistry of Carbon Dioxide Formation. So hopefully more people will have a chance to go to your website and take a look at that article because it actually explains the physics and the chemistry of why the um, common what is called carbon cycle uh, graphs and charts are incorrect. And I think this kind of hits home in an article that appeared, I believe today, certainly recently in the Houston Chronicle, talking about many climate scientists who themselves, well, they to be honest, they even don't get they don't get it right, they don't understand. And right. what it is that they don't understand is the fact that so much of the carbon dioxide that's created by man is absorbed in the biosphere, meaning the oceans, the lakes, the rivers, Uh, that the very small amount that is in combination with the total carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, it's unmeasurable. It does not equal what is commonly called the 417 uh, parts per million of What's called the kneeling curve. That's that's a misnomer. It's a misunderstanding. So, and I'm about to wrap this up. We too have a website which is called Climate Site, C L I M A T E C, like Charlie I T E dot com. And we have an article called Why 95% of Climate Scientists Are Wrong on CO2 and Climate Change. And a very quick answer to that question, why are they wrong, is that very few climate scientists per se uh, really have taken uh, a lot of chemistry and a lot of physics at the university level. So this whole concept of the absorption of carbon dioxide is just not understood even by the climate scientists on both sides of the argument. So with that, I I kind of wrap it up. If you have anything you want to ask me, Kim, I'm here. uh,
2: Well, I did want to uh, specifically spell out the article, which it's called, uh, or it's titled, These Skeptics Believe in Climate Change. Why is it so hard to convince them? catastrophe is coming written by james osborne who's a staff writer for the houston chronicle and it was dated as of august 27th 2021 it's a it's a interesting article you know kind of discussing climate deniers and and how these uh you know articles come to be and how um people perception is 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 you know brought out in is there climate or is there not climate change and I think there's a lot of discussion. I'm certainly not uh, educated in, in this field. Tom, I know you are a physics major, so you, know, you come in at a different level than probably me and Jason. Jason, if you want to make a comment, I, I, I am just saying that I think that there's much to think about. This is a complicated, extremely complicated topic. And you all get just as many scientists to say it exists as, as some will say it won't exist. What is? Yeah, um, I
3: agree with you. I think it's good that uh, scientists continue to take a look at these issues and and uh, uh, do investigations and and do research into what makes uh, weather and the, and the climate change over a period of time. I live in kind of the political world and in the policy world, and when you look at polling data, um, uh, it's almost universal that people think that the climate is changing, Um, and then the next question being asked is is what are you willing to do about it, and um, people are willing to take modest steps um uh in their life to to improve uh the air and the water uh and the soil around them but when uh some of these protesters that you saw recently uh that suggest uh keeping it in the ground uh turning away from fossil fuels completely locking nearly a billion people in this world into energy poverty Um, stopping all air travel, stopping all uh, international trade, uh, stopping the medical advances that we have in our life, Mm -hmm. uh, stopping the tax revenue that comes in for roads and water and school infrastructure. It it is near universal. Again, in the polling data, uh, people say, no, uh, we're not remotely going to do that. Um, And so uh, that's where we're at. Uh, You you continue to have these extremes push um, on either side and you have uh, people in the middle who who are willing to do some basic steps uh, to improve their environment. And they embrace that, um, but completely and wholesale reject uh, these arguments to keep it in the ground.
2: And, you know, Jason, you bring up a good point, which is. You know, all these bad things would happen if we just completely got off. So it has to be done if we're going to in a meaningful way. But you look at the oil and gas industry, and you see that without any legislation, they are already lowering emissions on their own. The United States is leading the way for the world to see and this technology can be reproduced in other countries yet that never sees the light of day it's always we need to stop we need to stop doing this but they don't really realize you know are you the christian if you will that says that africa those children will die they don't have the right to any kind of normal uh, life or even access to clean drinking water who's going to pull that trigger and say i'm going to act as god and say they are not so when we don't have energy adequate enough for the world its population we, you know we're people People will die, and if we get completely off of oil and gas the way some of these alarmists want us to, then for sure we're all on that plight because you, you just cannot live without oil and gas right now. We just cannot, and, and that's kind of where these meaningful discussions that we should be having on you know, how energy affects us uh, in, our, in our pocketbook, in our health, uh, and in our well-being worldwide and globally, and, and we just don't seem to have that. When we get back from break, Bridget you're going to be up next from San Antonio you're listening to in the old patch radio show and we'll be right back
1: and Austin, the Texas Alliance is focused on a better business climate for you. The Texas Alliance has a staff consisting of highly experienced senior staff and supporting consultants serving our membership. Offices are located in Austin and Wichita Falls. Become a member today by visiting texasalliance.org or email us texasalliance at texasalliance.org. Remember this name, Oilfield Experts, to locate any part, anytime for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Oilfield Experts' specialty is those hard-to-find oilfield parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210 210- 471-1923 and visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com
2: And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bilotto, and today we have our live show in which we encourage callers to call in and ask our guest today, Jason Modulin, the president of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. Any question on oil, gas, or energy, or even on climate? It seems that we've gotten on that subject today. The phone number is 210-308-8867. Again, the number is 210-308-8867. If you are on hold, I appreciate your patience. We do have some we are pretty full on our phones, so let's get to um, let's bring back Tom and to close down the question on climate change. Tom, are you there?
4: Uh, yes, I am. Thanks for uh, keeping me on.
2: Well, I know that um, this is an important topic to bri- you. Bri-
4: well, briefly, I'd like to respond to two items. Um, firstly, yes, the climate is. Changing. Having said that, it changes over okay. very long periods of time, like ten thousand years, a hundred thousand years, even a thousand years. You see very minute changes in the climate. To try to measure climate change uh, per se, quote unquote, over fifty years is, is absurd and any paleontologist would would have to agree with that. Now, having said that, I do agree with your comment and Jason's comments about the fact that, yes, we've cleaned up our air, we've cleaned up our water, we've cleaned up our soil, we're working on cleaning up the oceans and the landscape. We have virtually the cleanest of all of those in the world. But spend money on carbon dioxide reductions or emissions of CO2 reductions, it really makes no sense, given what we said earlier about the fact that carbon dioxide does not contribute to global warming. Assuming that carbon dioxide does not contribute to global warming, and and we've pretty much proved that up, uh, that's a a fallacy. And it's a terrible expense that should be used, as you say, Kim, to uh, further energy development in Africa as, as an example. So I just wanted to address those two points.
2: Well, thank you, Tom. We appreciate you calling in today and enlightening us since you are definitely an expert in this matter. And, Jason, I mean, just in saying it, it, it's so strange because you will find a scientist. I guess science is never settled is probably the best point. There is one scientist that will say this and another one will say that, but it sure does have a whole lot of people up at night. Um, and trying to figure out what what's really going on here. Let me welcome Bridget, uh, San Antonio. Uh, Bridget, uh, are you there? And what is your question for Jason and, and the Wall Patch Radio Show? Hi, Kim. Thank you for having me on. You're very welcome. What's Thank going we're so on?
5: Listening to this conversation. Um, yes. So I do have a, a question about um, you know, and I briefly went over the article you mentioned um, from the. Um, the author of the Houston Chronicle, right. or the writer, right. staff writer, right. mm-hmm. Dave Osborne. So I was briefly going over that article um, about, you know, these skeptics believe in climate change. So why does climate skepticism still exist? That's okay. And, yeah. Uh,
2: was was that it? Uh, was, was so- and
5: why? Yeah, and why is there such controversy over this? I mean. Is it happening or not? Is it real or is it not real? And I know um, your other guest that was speaking just now touched on a lot of, you know, carbon dioxide, and that that is not contributing. Um, so, yeah, I just I really kind of want to know why why does climate skepticism
2: still exist? Well, that's a great question, and thank you for calling in today, Jason. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. I mean, I have my ideas, but I'd like to hear yours first. <laughs>
3: I have no idea why skepticism still exists. But but again, I I go back to I, I live in this kind of what do you want to do about it? um and and that really is where the rubber meets the road and and rubber by the way is an oil and gas product um uh, talk about (laughs) the thousands uh, of products that we have um and and most recently um uh we've all experienced uh, with with the uh the pandemic that the need for medical uh equipment the need for medical advances and, and innovations uh that have taken place um because of um, oil and gas and, and, and petroleum chemicals, uh, uh, petrochemicals. And, and, and really, that's the, uh, for me, that, that's the decision point is, is do we want to continue with the advancements that we've made in this space? Uh, and then when you look at the U.S. landscape and the ability uh, to continue um, to reduce uh, our, our emissions, um, uh, look, there, there's, there's 6 million people in this world that die every year from indoor air pollution. Um, that has nothing to do with oil and gas. It's because they're burning wood and they're burning biomass uh, in their home hearths um, to, to cook. Um, uh, you know, Because so they the don't ability... have
2: access to, to adequate energy, so they're having they to use that. They don't have
3: access to, to either electricity or, or to clean burning fuels like we do in the United States, whether it's propane or natural gas. And so Um, You you know, that again, (laughs) what do you want to do about it? Uh, And and that really takes it back to the American system that we have uh, and and I think can can continue to be a leader for the world as opposed to these doomsday uh, um, prognostications from others uh, calling on the United States in particular uh, to turn away from its use of oil and gas.
2: Well, you know, as we get ready for break, um, I know that there are people online right now. Let's start clearing some of those lines that we don't need, Barry, because we'll need, there's a lot of people trying to get in on Facebook. Um, I guess my, my question, though, is that, you know, when we see you're saying that there are all these people who don't have access to clean energy or water. Globally, And yet we we here in the United States have no idea what that's like because that never hits the media of what's really happening. But yet we want to sit here and say that we need to stop this. And for me, it's a balance of saying, you know, if you're really willing to do this to other countries because they're poverty, because they live in poverty. Um, I, I think that's wrong too. And so you need to be informed on what you're asking for before you start approaching and protesting and this and that. Let's try to do it in a meaningful way and in a decent manner. Which, when I get back from break, we'll get on the phone lines. But I do want to talk to our listeners about what did happen at State of Energy and give them some insight. You're listening to In the Old Radio Show, and we'll be right back.
0: Are you a business owner feeling overwhelmed where to begin your business's online presence? Maybe you've spent thousands of dollars in the past just to be highly disappointed with the results. We understand because we were once you. Since then, we decided to hire the very best experts to help us and you. Let us send you our business profile that will quickly show you your Google business rankings in these five areas. reputation ratings online website advertising and social media and search engine optimization all of these areas really affect how google ranks your entire listing so if ranking on page one is your goal pick up the phone and call us now 210-240-7188 or simply go to shalemag.com slash business profile we'll be in contact with you within 24 hours once again pick up the phone and call us now 210-240-7188 or simply go to shalemag.com. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com slash business profile. Start dealing with a company you can trust and always find.
2: Welcome back to the nationally syndicated In the Oil Patch radio show. I'm your host, Kim Otto and today we have our live show featuring Jason Modulin, who is the president of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. He is here to answer all your questions on oil, gas, and energy. The phone lines are open. If you want to join the discussion, please call 210-308-8867. Again, the number is 210-308-8867. Uh, Barry, let's go to Joe in the Woodlands, our number one fan who calls in all the time, because I know he's at some special events, so we're lucky to have him on the line. Joe, are you there?
6: Yes, I'm here, Kim. How's everything in your studio there?
2: It's going well. I know that uh, you you had an event, something with uh, Trump or something, so I was like, I don't think he's going to call in this we- this weekend, but <laughs> I'm glad you oh, did. Texas
6: Youth Summit, yes. It ended uh, late last night. It was just basically clean up uh, this morning but it uh, was the Texas Youth Summit is basically teaching uh, the uh, youth of America from high school age to college age uh, the values that made America great and very good. Uh, conservative values and, of course, the oil and natural gas industry.
2: Very, very so, good. Good.
6: Uh, We've had a lot of interesting speakers. Excellent. So hopefully you could join us next year.
2: Yes, for sure. So, Joe, what's your question or what's your comment for for us today?
6: Uh, Well, the question and comment is, I was just looking at a major newspaper, and they're actually saying, and I'm kind of surprised at this, that they're saying this, but we all know it's true. The Taliban, now in control of the world's largest lithium mines in Afghanistan, giving China indisputable edge in grade energy minerals. Mm -hmm. So, in essence, the burden Part of the Biden administration has literally handed America's energy independence to China, as well as America's energy jobs over to China. Because basically, lithium is not going to be mined in America with all these environmentalists, have you seen what a lithium mine looks like? And of course, we don't have that much cobalt or cadmium either. So, uh, how does Shell Magazine think this will affect the USA? You know, in the long term, I know you've been talking about this for the past several shows, including this show, but uh, just, you know, to uh, explain to everyone, what do y'all think about this?
2: Well, I'm going to, I'm just going to make a quick comment, then I'm going to turn it over to Jason. You know, we interviewed a company called EnergyX, and they have four contracts with four Texas universities, and and they also have a a contract with the Department of, of Energy, and I do feel confident that we will um, start seeing some mining here in the United States because we really don't have a choice. But David Blackman did report on this about two weeks ago prior to this happening, that it was very strange that China was in Afghanistan prior to this invasion or, you know, this debacle. So I think everybody kind of knew what was happening here behind the scenes and how this led up to this. Jason I'll leave uh, that's my comment. I saw we saw this coming.
3: Right. Well, China is obviously a very close neighbor uh, of Afghanistan and uh, has a tremendous amount of investment, whether it's pipelines uh, to Iran or uh, these lithium mines there in Afghanistan. Um, My understanding is that the lithium mine has been closed for quite a while now uh, because of the Taliban attacking it. Um, But once we leave on on Tuesday, it's likely uh, that they'll be back in there and and uh, uh, mining lithium, uh, in that space. Uh, and as you know, then that goes into, uh, smartphones and, um, uh, electric vehicles that that find their way into uh, the hands of American consumers. So, um, you know, you're absolutely right, Joe. Uh, when we cede our energy independence, uh, to Russia and Saudi Arabia and Venezuela, um, because we don't want to produce oil and gas in this country, um, and then we rely on China uh, to produce our batteries and wind turbines and solar panels. Um, and our
2: penicillin and our mask when we have uh, a COVID, you know, pandemic going on, that too. Yeah. Um, I can't hear Jason. Okay, we're going to go to a quick break when we return. Uh, Nicole, you'll be up next. You're listening to In the All Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Join the fastest-growing oil and gas network in Texas?
0: Ma'am, I'm all for growing my business, so you've got my attention. What is it? Teak
2: is the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition. They hold business mixers to help businesses grow and network. Any cost to join? For the next 90 days, it's completely free, no charge to join. But they do want like-minded individuals to attend who are interested in growing their business and networking.
0: Well, I want to join. Where should I go? Go to shalemag.com slash
2: Teak, and click on the join link. Enter your information, and we'll get you set up.
1: Join the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition at shalemag.com/teak today.
2: Welcome back. You're listening to the nationally syndicated radio show called In the Oil Patch. Um, and my guest today is Jason Modulin, who is the president of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. We're doing our live show in which we encourage listeners to call in to 210-308-8867. Again, 210-308-8867. And join the show. Any oil, gas, or energy question, even climate, is a, is an okay topic to talk, to talk about. So call in. <laughs> Sorry, Jason, I'm having a little bit of problems here. You know, it, it really is uh, mind-boggling to see how these things are just falling into place when it comes down to energy and yet here in the united states jason we have so many people who are not familiar with the topic at all but they feel very strongly about it and that's okay that's our right as americans but the way that they choose to deliver them the way that they choose to be so forceful is so sad because no one will take you seriously that way and i want to give you an idea of what we experienced at our state of energy because it was it was not a good thing, and so I want to have our listeners who maybe are not okay with oil and gas, first and foremost, please get informed on what it is you're talking about in the way of, like, how serious a topic this is. It is not an easy topic. It's a complicated topic, and it has many people scared, but when you come into a a uh, Location or a, a, some kind of a venue, and it's a luncheon, there's professionals there, they're there to speak, and they're there to encourage dialogue back and forth. It's kind of not okay to walk into a room and start screaming at the top of your lungs that these are fascist, these are racist people. That topic isn't even germane to what we're talking about. Not to mention the fact that if you really do not understand the science or what's at stake globally and worldwide, that's where we should start first, and that's why we encourage state of energy to come in, but come in in a respectful and decent way to have these conversations. And I, I hope, my friend, I know you're getting ready to have one too. You know, we, we unfortunately, they were asked to leave. We're not going to play these games with them. That you know, you're going to make a scene. You look, it looks horrible. It looks very unprofessional. You didn't get anything across you wanted to, and you're, and it's really just not even productive. So, you know, I mean, it's sad that we have such. They're probably wonderful people, but they're just so misguided on on how to go about talking about things that maybe scare them or things that, you know, it's a scary topic. I want to get your opinion before we bring Nicole on. Is there any area that we can kind of meet on and talk about? I mean, why is it so hostile on either side? Well, not on our side, on their side.
3: Well, you're right. It is very hostile right now, and uh, we'll be prepared uh, uh, like you were um, uh, to make sure that, that uh, the hotel and and security and the uh, police are, are aware um, uh, and that it's a private event, private property. But, um, you know, these things do happen, uh, I, and I apologize for not being there this year. I really enjoyed it last year, and I think there was a similar question that came up of um, – uh, so much of our our youth these days uh, are against oil and gas, and, and and really focused on climate change. And what should they do uh, to engage in the conversation? And, and as you recall, I, I said I would encourage them to go to work for an oil and gas company mm-hmm. um, because they'll actually learn, they'll actually see uh, what's happening, they'll see the good uh, that the company is doing, and if they want to continue to to prioritize. Uh, the safety and health of their community and of their world. Uh, what better place than to help lead um, uh, and, and contribute to that leadership that oil and gas companies provide every day, uh, both here in the United States and and then abroad. So. Um,
2: so true Uh, but it's
3: unfortunate that you had that experience
2: well i mean i think that in the end it it helped me to to start thinking about putting a format together that is more town hall to start addressing them but in a in a meaningful way let's go to nicole corpus christi nicole welcome to the all patch radio show what's your question today or comment hi kim thanks for having me you're welcome thank you for calling in and listening to the show do you got a question for jason myself comment
5: yes yes i do um so i think like many of your listeners you know i work in oil and gas and and i work for a small company that's doing uh con- construction and contracting in the oil and gas industry and my job is important to keep my household afloat you know just like um, you know hundreds of thousands of other americans i need the oil and gas industry to keep my my roof over my head, and, and I'm concerned with what's going on in Afghanistan. I'm concerned with what's going on in this administration, and, I, and I'd and i like some some insight on what I should be, you know, looking forward to or what you think is, is coming down the pike for, for people like me that are dependent upon this industry, especially on the, the smaller side, I mean, you know, not the majors, but, you know, these smaller independent companies that are operating in oil
2: and gas. You make sense. So you're kind of asking about more like job security and what can we expect moving forward. And Jason, I want your comment from me. I think we saw a lot of mergers and acquisitions in the larger ones, but they seem to be slowing down. So that, does that mean that these smaller service companies are, are somewhat in okay? If you made it, you're, you're pretty good?
3: Yeah, we're definitely seeing a slowing a little bit. Um, uh, we're also seeing just a, a um, focusing, if you will, on uh, areas of this country that uh, are are friendly to oil and gas. We've seen declines in drilling rigs um, in um, uh, uh, parts of this country, the Colorado area, in in the Dakotas, uh, in New Mexico, and really pulling back uh, to places uh, like Texas, um, uh, like uh, um, other places, uh, Tennessee area, Appalachia um, area, where. The need is is uh, prevalent, um, and, and those jobs are, are coming home and starting to pick back up. Um, uh, you, she mentioned uh, very briefly the, the Biden administration. Uh, we've seen them kind of go uh, both ways. Uh, uh, they just recently, uh, this past week, because of a Louisiana federal court judge, reopen. The federal leasing program for the Gulf of Mexico, which is a good thing for Texas. There's 120,000 jobs tied to those leases and that progress uh, in the Gulf. Uh, Unfortunately for our friends in western states, uh, it leaves eight states, uh, New Mexico, Alaska, California, many others stranded um, and unable to get Uh, the leasing revenues and the oil and gas activity that they've depended on um, for the last 100 years. Uh, So it's really uh, 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 bittersweet seeing uh, that activity take place in the Gulf. It's good for Texas, um, but uh, other states are going to be hurting.
2: Right. And so they'll probably have to take some legal challenges on themselves to get there. When we come back from break, we will be talking to John with San Antonio. You're listening to and the Oil Patch Radio Show. And we'll be right back.
1: Washington, D.C. and Austin, the Texas Alliance is focused on a better business climate for you. The Texas Alliance has a staff consisting of highly experienced senior staff and supporting consultants serving our membership. Offices are located in Austin and Wichita Falls. Become a member today by visiting texasalliance.org or email us Alliance at
2: And we're back. You're listening to the nationally syndicated radio show in the oil patch. Our guest today is Jason Modlin, the president of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers And Barry, I want to go to John San Antonio. He has waited a long time on the phone lines. John, thank you for waiting. What is your question for uh, Jason, myself, or your comment?
6: Yes, ma'am. Thank you for taking my call.
3: My question is, how busy do you see the uh, industry until the end of the year? And also... Will the oil prices
2: hold hold okay uh thank you for for that question jason uh how busy are we going to be well you know let's pack up a little bit and talk about what's happening in afghanistan is this anything that will affect towards the end of the year and oil prices and stuff like that so now i normally ask david to pull out his crystal ball i'm asking you to pull out yours <laughs> <laughs> what are we looking well, at? Well, I mean,
3: uh, we had just an absolute tragedy this week uh, with 13 sailors, soldiers, and Marines that, that lost their life. And, and right. just our hearts are with their families um, today. Uh, pretty incredible. The images: uh, 170 killed, another 200 wounded. Um, and, and God bless them. I mean, they're doing an unbelievable job uh, over there getting um, Americans and interpreters out of harm's way. It is a volatile region, and unfortunately, it looks like it's going to be a safe harbor for terrorism once again. Uh, I just remind you that two years ago, the neighbor to Afghanistan, Iran, uh, bombed facilities in Saudi Arabia, some of the largest oil terminals in the world. Uh, It should have disrupted markets for months on end, and it affected the price of oil for one day um and that's entirely because of american producers look over the next four months we continue to see uh drilling activity take place uh uh, here in texas and 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 really here in the united states we continue to see uh uh, the drilling rig count go up um and, and the opportunities um to produce um, uh, unfortunately, that barometer on drilling rigs is, is not what it, what it used to be. Um, we've got much longer laterals um, that, than we ever had. Um, that, that results in a lower drilling rig count, um, but still very high production. Um, and, and frankly, operators are far more efficient. That's a double-edged sword as well because uh, sometimes it means less jobs. Um, but uh, uh, we've seen a, an incredible turnaround from this industry um, uh, just a year ago because of COVID and because of that price war. Um, and, and so I continue to see um, progress being made here in the United States. And, and frankly, um, natural gas prices continue to remain strong.
2: So we're going to see it to the end of the year and hopefully it'll continue on. And not too much volatility, despite what's happening in Afghanistan, is what I believe you said. I want to yep. switch gears. Let's talk about a study that came out uh, from the, by the Radical Earthworks Group, claiming that two thirds of all flaring in the Permian Basin lacks a permit from the Texas Railroad Commission. Before you even respond, I just want to say, anybody any do anybody doing any kind of oil and gas drilling here in Texas is regulated by the Texas Railroad Commission. So. What is your comment on this claim, if you will, from Earthworks? Yeah, not Works. not
3: it- only by the Railroad Commission, but also by the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality, uh, uh, EPA over that, uh, OSHA, and about a mile of regulatory challenges that oil and gas companies have to deal with. Look, that study, uh, and, and I put that in quotes uh is completely false the false statements they made uh, completely disregard the law the rules and the process at the railroad commission first state law requires a flare to be located at a drilling uh, at drilling sites and then also at well sites that produce oil and gas second the rules specifically allow for flaring as a safety measure a safety measure to protect both people and the environment without additional permitting And then finally, the process at the commission, which is really a a testament to the three commissioners we have there, as well as the staff, has changed considerably over the past three years. And the results are clear. Flaring is down to historically low levels, less than 0.7 percent of gas produced today uh, goes to flare. Compare that to other states in this country, uh, like New Mexico. uh, They're aiming for two percent. Uh, in a few years um, uh, or uh, we, we touched a little bit on them earlier today russia uh, which loses on average 17.4 percent of gas to flare um, uh, texas is leading the way uh, we are the largest gas producer uh, in the united states uh, and continue to show efficiencies uh, without the heavy hand Um, uh, uh, of government, um, uh, but really steady leadership. Um, And it's just awful that those papers, that national media uh, post this story without just basic facts or responses from folks who, who know better.
2: Right. And I guess, you know, it should be calling them out. Okay, Earthworks is definitely not a media group. It's a group that just makes up fantasies and and just reports on them and produces. I mean, this is a study. So you didn't study anything. You just put what you felt on paper and then disseminated it out because it lacked any truth. Um, let's switch gears and talk about OPEC+. Plus. Recently, um, they rejected President Biden's call uh, to put more volume of oil and gas out on the market in order to lower oil prices here in the U.S. I want your comment on that because we're asking OPEC-plus to do what we could do right here if he was not putting these bans on federal lands and uh, increasing regulation. All of these problems would probably go away. So
3: how... I I think Sonia Savage, the uh, Alberta uh, um, uh, minister for oil and gas, um, uh, really said it best. It's just just how hypocritical and and what are you doing? Your number one trading partner in the world, Canada, the first thing you do on day one, cancel the Keystone XL pipeline. He continues from there uh, to impose uh, drilling bans and and leasing bans on on federal lands. Um, uh, He's followed that up. Uh, with urging Congress uh, to layer on additional uh, environmental regulation and tax uh, um, requirements on on oil and gas companies, uh, really with the goal to stop domestic energy production uh, here in the United States, making Mm -hmm. us more dependent Mm -hmm. on a cartel um, uh, for our energy needs. Uh, It's just, it's shocking. Uh, American producers... Um, are willing to do it, uh, but get out of our way. Exactly. Um, and, and, and that's, that's unfortunately um, he, exactly. picked, he picked up the phone to call Russia and Saudi Arabia instead of the calling users. the operators.
2: Hey, real quick before we go, where can people go to get tickets for, for your uh, event? Texas Alliance? Yeah,
3: texasalliance.org. We'll be meeting in Fort Worth here in a couple of weeks. Uh, have some some really great speakers lined up Texasalliance.org. Um, And we're really excited to to get together.
2: For more information, and we definitely will be there covering it. So we look forward to seeing some of our callers go out there. It's a great event. Fort Worth is a hoot. It will be lots of fun. A lot of, you're right, very interesting speakers, Mike Howard being one of them, who is an advisor to Shell Magazine and in the Oil Patch Radio Show. We look forward to it. For more information, go to txalliance.org. Jason, thank you again for joining us on the live show.
1: In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bilotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.